We're going to get in the word today. The Lord has given me a word that uh, I want to share with you. If you'll stand with me all over the room. We're going to be in the book of Proverbs chapter 3. I will try to move quickly. I know it's about a quarter till 12. I'm going to try to do this in about 25 minutes today if you'll give me your undivided attention. Proverbs chapter 3. I'm going to be reading verses 1 through 10 in the New King James Version. And the word said, My son, do not forget my law. But let your heart keep my commands. Why? Why do we do that? The word said, for length of days and long life. Would anybody like to live a while? And then the the next line in that verse says, and peace they will add to you. Could anybody use some peace in the house this morning? Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. And so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. Remember that. Trust in the Lord. Say trust. Trust in the Lord with all. Say all. All your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh. These next few verses are promises. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. Honor the Lord with your possessions. We just talked about that when we lifted the tithe. And with the first fruits of all your increase. That's what the tithe is. And here's the promise from the word of God to you. When you do that, so your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. I believe that new wine is more than just financial new wine. I believe it's spiritual new wine. And we need some spiritual new wine in the house as well. I'm going to pray and we're going to ask the Lord to help us today deliver this word. Actually, God gave me this message about five years ago in 2017. He spoke to me. I was at Church of God prayer conference leading worship this week. And he spoke to me in the hotel room and directed me back to this, this sermon and said, this is what I was to preach today. So today I want to preach to you a message simply titled, He's God and you can trust Him. If you will, pray with me and for me. Father, thank you for your presence. Thank you for your word. God, we pray that we would never take your Holy Spirit for granted. God, it is life, as your word said, to us. So, Father, we thank you today for showing up in this place. But for the next few moments, God, we ask that you'd remove every hindrance that would come against this service. And, God, we ask that you would just anoint your word, anoint every ear to hear and every heart to receive what you are speaking to your people today. And we'll give you the glory, the honor, and the praise for it all. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said, amen. You may be seated. In our text I read this morning, there are some marvelous words of wisdom for us concerning our own personal relationship with God. And I want to talk to you today about what I consider to be the key to healthy, successful Christian living. I want to talk to you about trusting God, about God being able to trust us, and what happens when our whole relationship is based upon obedience and upon trust. Now, when I was a kid growing up, I grew up in the Southern Baptist Church. I thank the Lord for my upbringing and my raising. And in that church, we sung a song that simply said, Trust and Obey. How many knows that song? Trust and Obey. For there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Do you know there are 
two top questions that most Christians ask. One of them is just very forthright. I get it all the time. Pastor, how can I know God's will for my life? That's a very common question for most Christians. The second question comes in all kinds of different forms, but the summation of it could be summarized in this question. How can I be successful for God? For others and for myself. Listen, stewardship is a matter of trust. Trust is the most important factor that you will ever have in knowing God and His will for your life. You have to trust God. And trust is the most important factor in growing His kingdom and then in growing yourself as a steward of God. And as the proverb writer begins to talk to us about this relationship with God, he talks to us about complete obedience. The result of this obedience is found in verse 2, and I'm going to summarize some of these verses as they put them back on the screen for you. Basically, in verse 2, he says, if we obey his teachings and his instructions completely, then we will have a long and a prosperous life. Verse 3 is basically saying, let mercy and truth always show like a necklace and write it on your heart. He talks about mercy and truth always being in a very visible place in your life. And the result of mercy and truth being evident in your life is that you will not only find favor with God, but you'll also find favor with man. In verses 5 and 6, he says, with all, say all, with all your heart, you must trust the Lord and not your own judgment. Do I have anybody else in the house this morning that is like me? You are Mr. or Mrs. Analytical. Anybody? You try to always figure it out on your own, right? You try to figure it, anybody else besides me try to help God out a little every now and then. You know, you've you got it figured out and you say, but God, you don't understand. Anybody ever done that? I mean, I've done that driving in my truck before and it was like something just slapped me in the face. When I said, God, you don't understand. Yeah, he does. That's why the, the, the writer in Proverbs said, trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't depend on your own judgment. Don't lean on your understanding. Do you know why? Because this book also tells us in another passage of Scripture, his thoughts are higher. They are above our thoughts. His ways are above our ways. Our minds sometimes cannot comprehend how something is better, how something is more appropriate, how something is, is the way that God intended it to be. But that's because we're only looking through a glass darkly. Are you with me this morning? We're only seeing in part, but God sees and knows the whole story. So don't try to analyze it. Don't try to figure it out. Trust in Him with all of your heart. And the proverb writer says, always let Him lead you. He tells us that if we do these things, He'll direct our path. Verse 7, he basically says, don't ever think that you're wise enough. Don't ever think you've got it figured out, but fear the Lord and stay away from evil. Stay away from evil. Young people, if you're in here a second time, I apologize now. But stay away from evil. Everybody's, unfortunately, got one of these things right here in their hands nowadays. I'm going to preach a little bit this morning. Some's going to get behind me, some won't. That's okay. But some of these... TikToks that some of these young people are watching, that some of their parents ain't investigating. Hello, somebody. They are evil. They are not of God. 
And so you're supposed to stay away from evil. I'm not talking about ever TikTok. I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. Stay away from evil. Let me tell you something else. I was enraged this week. It don't just go for the young people. I was enraged this week as I learned of a situation whereby a minister of the gospel who had a few children and a wife who their marriage, their home has been split up and they're, uh, they're separated, a minister for several years. But you know what he was doing right before they split up? I mean, there were many things he was doing but one of the things that he was caught doing by his own children men listen to me I'm going to preach to you this morning some of you ain't going to like it but his family was sitting in a family room watching a family movie together and he told them he was emailing his boss on his phone while all the while he was sitting there while they were watching a family movie watching pornography in the same room with his wife and his children and his 22 year old and his 20 year old saw what was on his phone you may not hear it everywhere you look but this preacher's going to tell you stay away from evil you can't say I want the will of God in my life and then fill your mind with a bunch of garbage hello somebody don't live in a fantasy world if your kids that are supposed to be in elementary school ministry or nursery preschool kindergarten are not in there right now this disclaimer is for you and them cover their ears I want to tell you something right now. You don't need pornography when God gives you a wife or a husband. He gives you them for their body and he gives, God bless Angie, he gave her me for my body. Somebody pray for her. But you don't need pornography when you've got that. Did you hear me? God made that to be a beautiful thing. Between a man and a woman. And when you fill your mind with that garbage, you begin to fantasize about things that don't exist. Hello, somebody. If they did, they'd be in the Guinness Book of World Records. Men, can I get a witness in here? They don't exist. You begin to fantasize about things that don't exist. It's not of God. It is not holy. And you will not find and walk in the will of God in your life when you're grabbing a hold of evil every time you turn around. Then he goes on to say in verse 8, if you do this, it'll make you healthy. Hmm. Not just physically, but mentally, spiritually. Verse 9 says, honor the Lord by giving him your finances and the first fruits of all your increase. And then, when you do that, then you will have more grain and grapes than you know what to do with. So some observations I've made about Proverbs 3, 1 through 10. Three things. First of all, these commands are all inclusive. Did you notice that? They're not optional. He uses words... Uh, he didn't say that we were to partially obey the Lord's teachings. He didn't say with most of our heart we were to trust in him. He didn't say that we were sometimes supposed to let him lead us. Notice he uses the words keep, always. And he uses the phrases all your heart, all your ways, all your increase. These words and these phrases are all inclusive. There are no exceptions. It is non-negotiable. God meant what he said and he said what he meant. But, uh, number two. The, these commands all precede a promise. Did you notice that? God gives you a command, but then he tells you if you keep that command, he's going to do some wonderful things for you in return. And then number three, these promises, though, are conditional. God's love for you is unconditional. You can't do anything that will make him not love you. But you can do some things that will make him not fulfill promises in his word. They're conditional. 
we do our part, then God does his. I'll trust him completely. I'll obey him completely. And then he has some wonderful provisions for us in his word. So some things I want you to, to take heart this morning is number one, that God is trustworthy. A lot of people today are not. But God is trustworthy. And then secondly, God has entrusted. That means he's placed within our care possessions. We just talked about that. Opportunities. Talents. Like, man, we're blessed in this church. Don't you agree? We are blessed, not only with talent, but with anointing. He's placed some of these things in our possession. Listen, if you've got a talent and you're hiding it, see Nicholas, they'd love to plug you in to be up here. God give you those talents to be used for him. We've got our time, but all of those things God's entrusted to us. He's made us a trustee of everything he's given to us. But it's up to us what we do with it. So I, wanna, I want us to ask ourselves some questions this morning. Number one. And, and these are not for you to ask somebody else or even poke your neighbor that you know may be going through something. Ask yourself, do I trust God? Where do I place my faith? Where do I place my confidence? See, I know it's easy to say. It's easy to say, I trust God. It's easy to say, oh yeah, I obey God completely. I trust God completely. But this is just for your personal examination this morning. Do I trust God? Is he truly my source? Do I trust him in everything, every single area of my life? Or do I trust him in some things? Do I trust him in the big things but not the small things? Or do I trust him in the small things but not the big things? Because I think he needs help with the big things. Do I kind of want to take control of that? And see, that's a, this is an incredible question. You know why? I've wrestled with it myself. I'm going to tell you something I told the 845 service this morning. It's the first time you've ever heard me say it in eight and a half years. And I don't care who hears it. I'm already, I already have plans to talk about it this week. But the Lord has been dealing with me the last two months at least, heavily, about leaving my position at the bank. And I see some eyes going like this. And I have, Mr. Analytical has tried to tell God, but the tithes aren't enough yet. We just moved in the new big building. Now we've got the new big payment along with the new big debt. So God, you don't understand. Hello? God, you don't realize what you're saying or what you're trying to deal with me about here. That's what Mr. Analytical did. But let me tell you my experience this week. See, for the past, I've been there for uh, 16 years almost. And, and during that time, I mean, uh, I, I'm thankful for this. I have a relationship with a lot of people that many people in the, in the organization come to me and they ask me for prayer. I don't usually go to a lot of people and ask them for prayer. They come to me, they ask me for prayer. They come sit down in my office and they want to talk about something and they want counseled and, and I'm honored to do that. There are two ladies uh, that I have been, I work with a lot of men as well, but there are two ladies that through the years I have been very close to, that both of them are godly Christian women. They pray a lot. They are always asking me to pray about something. And then I, I did, they, they came to me. Uh, both of them, if they're watching, don't get offended at me, but both of them are old enough to be my mama, so don't get any ideas there. But they came to me, and one of them, and well, both of them together came to me first and sat down in my office and said, okay, something's 
something's been different. This was several weeks ago. Something's been different about you. What's going on? And I said, well, I'm praying about this. I don't know how. I don't know how it's going to work. I don't, I don't know what God's trying to tell me to do, but I'm praying about this. And just help me pray about it. And so uh, time went on. And last week, let me tell you what happened to me. Listen, God can use people sometimes. And I don't care who you are, whether you're the preacher, the pastor, or whomever. God can use some people sometimes that just the truth will smack you right in the face. Can I get a witness? And so one of them walked in my office this week. She has uh, she went to a uh, Pentecostal church, a church of God for many, many years. She's a member at a local Baptist church here now, but she is a firm believer in the spirit and, and she's a prayer warrior. And she came and she sat down in my office and she said, I don't know, I don't know how to tell you this. She said, I've never had to tell you anything like this before. But she said, I, I just God's been dealing with me and I gotta share something with you. I said, Okay, I've been praying for God to to God to give me something, so go right ahead. Uh, and she sat there and she looked at me and she said, I know you. And I know that you preach for people to trust God. I said, well, yeah. I had no idea where she was going. You know, it was almost like, duh. And I said, yeah, absolutely. She said, don't you trust him yourself? Ooh. Ooh. You know what that did? That went like a dagger right in the middle of my heart. I said, yeah, I think I do. She said, then what are you worried about? What are you waiting on? Listen, it's easy for us to say, oh, I trust God when we got backup plan B. Hello, somebody. It's easy for us to say, I'm trusting God with this. So I'm not preaching to you something this morning that I just expect you to do. I'm preaching to the choir this morning, and I'm preaching uh, to myself. I've wrestled with this myself, and I've come to the conclusion that the only key to success is to get away from self-reliance. Did you hear me? The other thing the Holy Spirit said this morning in the 845 service was to release your reservations, to stop holding back, and to trust God. And I want to tell you today, if you'll take this message to heart, the potential for our spiritual growth is greater than anything else that we might do in this church all year long, all of us, because we're going to take a, a really close look at these questions. Can I trust God? Do I trust God? And when we get done with those questions over the next two weeks, we're going to ask the questions, can God trust me? Let me tell you, that one cuts deep. And then number three, we're going to look at, does God trust me? So very quickly, I want to share some trustworthy thoughts about God, and then I'll wrap this up this morning. Number one, do you realize that God's care is constant? God's care of you is constant. Hebrews 13, 5 and 6 says this, For he said, I will never leave you or forsake you. Is that Hebrews 13, 5 and 6? Uh, well, let's read this one. Don't love money. Be satisfied with what you have, for God has said, I will never, there we go, it's a different translation. I will never fail you. I will never abandon you. Go ahead to the next one. So we can say with confidence, catch this, the Lord is my helper. So I will have no fear. What can mere people do to me? Can I tell you today what we are guilty of is we're guilty of thinking that that job is our helper. We're guilty of thinking that that relationship is our helper. We're guilty of thinking that that house is going to be our helper. Or that car is going to be our helper. Or that business is going to be our helper. What we need to recognize is those are all just byproducts. And that God is our helper. And God is our source. It's a great promise in the Word of God. Five times God wants to assure us that He's never going to leave us. George Beverly Shea, the singer who partnered with Billy Graham for so many years, was 
sharing that he had had many requests for songs to be sung at crusades over the years. But he said the strangest request he ever got was somebody handed him a slip of paper one time and wanted him to sing a song he'd never heard before. And it was entitled, God's Grip Don't Slip. And he said, now I'll tell you, I didn't know the song. And while that may not be the best grammar, it's marvelous theology. Because God's grip don't slip. When you're in the palm of God's hand, you don't have to worry. He's not going to drop you. He's not going to let go of you. Listen, how many fathers do we have in the house this morning? Let me see your hands. Anybody ever have your child when they were younger, you put them up on some type of a platform, you set them up on stairs, or you set them up on something like this, and you stood down below them, and you said, jump, daddy's going to catch you. You know what? Without hesitation, whether you were the best catcher or not, some of y'all had some mistakes doing that probably, but whether you were the best catcher or not, they trusted you enough that as soon as you said, jump, daddy's going to catch you, boom, they jumped. You know why? There was no doubt. There was no reservation in their mind. I would to God, that the people of God would have trust in God, that when God said it, you can mark it down, you can take it to the bank, he's not going to drop you, he's going to catch you, and he's going to carry you through every single time. Most of us know that famous poem that was written, Footprints. There was a lady, the lady that wrote that poem went through some horrendous trials and things in her life. Her name was Margaret Fishbeck. You know the end of that story, she basically says, in those times, that poem, Footprints, in those times when I saw only one set of footprints in the sand, it was then that you carried me. I'm so thankful this morning that we have a God. That when we're on our journey with him, sometimes it's hard to even have the strength and the energy to put one foot in front of the other. But when we get to the place where we can't take any more steps, we've gone as far as we can go. I'm so thankful the God that we serve doesn't leave us arms just like we would our children. And he'll carry us off to safety every single time. Is anybody glad that God has picked you up and carried you before? Number two, God's gifts are generous. God not only constantly cares for us, but he's generous. In his provisions to us, he's blessed us with gifts and talents and all kinds of blessings. I don't have time to read it all today, but just jot down if you're taking notes. Psalm 136 and go read about it. You know what it basically says? After every single comment, the psalmist says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Oh, give thanks to the God of gods, for his mercy endureth forever. Oh, give thanks to the Lord of lords, for his mercy endureth forever. And he goes on every verse. To him who alone does great wonders, to him that by wisdom made the heavens, to him that stretched out the earth above the waters, to him that made great lights, to the, to the sun to rule by day and the moon and the stars to rule by night, for his mercy endureth forever. Every time he makes a great statement about God, the psalmist ends it with his mercy endureth forever. You know what another translation of that passage says? It says God's love never fails. Did you hear me? God's love never fails. It reminds me of an old song that we used to sing, Jesus. Jesus never fails. Anybody ever heard that? Jesus never fails. So you might as well get thee behind me, Satan. You cannot prevail. 
Because Jesus never fails. You know what I find the devil is doing to most of God's people most of the time, Sister Brandy? He's whispering, sowing seeds of doubt in our ears. Sowing seeds of confusion in our ears. But the next time that you hear him sowing seeds of doubt and confusion, you need to rear your shoulders back and say, Get thee behind me, Satan. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. It is written, he'll never leave me, he'll never forsake me, he'll go with me all the righteous forsaken of the world. It is written, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or God's seed begging bread. Every time, that's what we need to do. We've also got to learn if we're going to trust, though, to trust in adversity. Psalm 56 and 4 said, In God I have put my trust. I will not fear what flesh can do to me. Psalm 34 and 4, I sought the Lord, and he heard me. I sought the Lord. You've got to seek him first. I sought the Lord, and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. What's David saying? He's saying you and I are responsible to trust God. That's our part. And then God does his part. Now see, here's where the conflict comes. Here's, here's the problem. God asks us to obey or trust him in an area of our life that's bigger than what we can reason or understand. And so instead of doing our part, and that is trusting him with total trust and obedience, we want to get on over on his side. We want to say, now God, let me help you out with this. If I do this, how are you going to work this out? If I really let you have this problem, see, it's almost like we're saying what I just said a minute ago. God, you just don't understand this problem. If I surrender this financial issue to you, if I surrender this health issue to you, if I surrender this, this situation to you, God, you don't understand how bad it really is. But it's so simple, church. I think that's why the Lord said in Matthew 18 and 3, except you be converted and become as little children. Did you catch that? And become as little children. You shall not enter the kingdom of heaven. You won't see God's promises answered either. Unless you become as a child with childlike faith. We also got to trust him when we have plenty. We got to trust him when everything's good. But then we got to trust him when everything's not so good. We got to trust him as our source. They come to the music today. One of my favorite preachers is the late S.M. Lockridge. If you've never heard of him, I challenge you to look him up. He went home to be with the Lord in 2000. But he is a black preacher from California. You would love some of his sermons that you can find on YouTube. I, and if you've never heard him preach, you, you're missing out. You need to look him up. But in one of his sermons that he delivered about trusting God, he shared this. He said, he's the one who made us. It is he who made us and not we ourselves. The heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament shows his handiwork. No means of measure can define his limitless love. And no far-seeing telescope can bring into visibility the coastline of his shoreless supply. I'm telling you today that you can trust him. No barrier can hinder him from pouring out his blessings. He's enduringly strong. He's entirely sincere. He's eternally steadfast. And he's immortally graceful. He's empirically 
powerfully and impartially merciful. He's the greatest phenomenon that has ever crossed the horizon of this world. He is God's son. He is the sinner's savior. He is the centerpiece of civilization. I'm trying to tell somebody he's God and you can trust him. He does never have to call for help. You cannot confuse him nor surprise him. He doesn't need you and he doesn't need me. He stands alone in the solitude of himself. He is august. He is unique. He is unparalleled. He is unprecedented. He is supreme. He is preeminent. He is the loftiest idea in literature. He is the highest personality in philosophy. He is the supreme problem of higher criticism. He is the fundamental doctrine, I love this, of truthology. He's the cardinal necessity of the spiritual religion. He's the miracle of the age. He's the superlative of everything good that you could ever call him. I'm trying to tell you today, he's God and you can trust him. I wish somebody would stand to their feet all over this house and give the Lord a mighty hand clap of praise. Give him a mighty hand clap of praise. You know why? You know why? He can satisfy all your needs. Every need you've got, He can satisfy your need and He can do it simultaneously. He supplies strength for the weak. He's available for the tempted and the tried. He sympathizes. Oh, I'm glad He does. And He sees. He guards and He guides. He heals the sick. Can I get a witness this morning? He cleanses the leper. He forgives the sinner. He discharges the debtor. He delivers the captive. He defends his people. He blesses the young, but he regards the aged. He rewards the diligent. He beautifies the meek. I came to tell somebody this morning, he is God and you can trust him. He's the key to knowledge. He's the wellspring of wisdom. He's the doorway of deliverance. He's the path of peace. He's the roadway of righteousness. He is the highway of holiness. He's the gateway to glory. He's the master of the mighty. He's the capturer of the conquerors. He's the head of heroes. He's the leader of legislators. Thank God for that. He's the overseer of the overcomers. He is the governor of all governors. He is the prince of peace. He is the king of kings. He is the Lord of lords. His office, I'm almost done. His office is manifold. His promises are sure. His life is matchless. His goodness is limitless. Aren't you glad this morning? His mercy is everlasting. His love never changes. His word is enough. His grace is sufficient. His reign is righteous. His yoke is easy. And His burden is light. And after saying all that, S.M. Lockridge said, I wish I could describe him to you. (laughs) Isn't that good? I wish I could describe him to you. He's indescribable because he's incomprehensible. He's irresistible because he's invincible. You can't get him off your hands. You can't get him out of your mind. You can't outlive him, but you sure can't live without him. Oh, let me tell you something this morning. Give me some monitor. I'm screaming my brains out up here. Please, thank you. Please and thank you. I'm telling you something this morning. Pilate 
got upset. I still can't hear up here. Pilate got upset. Thank you. Maybe I won't scream at you. I want to be a blessing, not a blasting. Amen, somebody. Pilate got upset because he couldn't stand it. When he found out, he couldn't stop it. Are you with me? He didn't like it when he couldn't find any fault in him. And all the witnesses in that day couldn't get their testimonies together and come against him. They couldn't agree. And you know what? As a result of that, Herod couldn't kill him. But even when they did kill him, death couldn't handle him. And thank God the grave could not hold him. There was nobody, church, that's ever been before him. There'll never be anybody after him. He has no predecessor. He has no successor. He is the first and he'll be the last. He is Alpha and he'll be the Omega. He was the beginning and he will be the end. I'm trying to tell you this morning, no matter what you have need of, he is God and you can trust him. So right now, here's what I want to do. If you're in this room, I'm not going to waste a lot of time. And I mean business with God this morning. You say, preacher, what on earth is wrong with you? I'll tell you what's wrong with me. This ain't a showboat around here. This ain't a big building so we can get a lot of people in just to say we got a lot of people in. I'm interested in lives. I'm interested in souls. I'm interested in people that are carrying around bondages, walking into a place where the bondages are broken, where they're set free and delivered by the power of God. So I don't know what you came in here carrying today. I don't know what you came in here with. But they're going to sing. And if you have a need, first of all, if you don't know the Lord as your personal Lord and Savior, I wouldn't leave a service like this without Him. I'd be afraid to get in my car and drive down the road without giving my life to the Lord. Don't leave here without Him today. He loves you. I said He loves you. His love for you is 